With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We let it go. We let it go last week. Tonight we won't. Tonight we won't. We finish tonight. Because we start tonight the way we're going to finish. Fast, physical, and out of control. And the bottom line is, it's all for each Welcome everyone once again to another show. This is the RF Sports Radio Show. It is Wednesday, January 26, 2011. Uh, Ten days, uh, actually less than that, really, if you listen to us or downloading us on iTunes. Until the Super Bowl comes right here to Dallas-Fort Worth, we're definitely excited about that. We have a whole Super Bowl week's worth of shows planned for next week and some real special announcements that will be coming later this week about what we're going to be doing for Super Bowl. And if you're coming to town, how you can get in contact with us here at the show, how you can meet us at certain places. We have a full Super Bowl uh, guide for you guys on Saturday. So definitely be checking with us. Check our website, rfsportsradio.com, stay in contact with us on the show. we got a lot of stuff planned tonight. We're going to talk about the Mavs and the Clippers. Recap from last night, we have some locker room interviews with Dirk Davinsky, also Jet Terry, Tyson Chandler. And I got a chance to spend a few minutes with Mark Cuban. They had some real interesting things, I guess the best way to put it, to say about not only the NBA but the NFL, the Super Bowl, and Jersey Shore, if you can believe that, of all things. So we'll talk about that as well. We'll talk about Roger Goodell and his uh, pay cut that he's going to take when there's no football next season. And then we'll also talk about Tiger Woods and him starting his brand-new season at the Farmers Insurance Open uh, tomorrow. So we'll talk about that also. Let me bring on my co-host real quick. Royce, I want to welcome you to the program, sir. How are you today? What's going on, Rodney? It's hump day. Day is Wednesday. It is hump day. You're right. It's Wednesday, hump day. So we've got to give everyone a real good show to get them through the rest of the week. If you guys uh, missed it, uh, yesterday we did not have a show because we were at the Mavs game, but we did have a show on Monday. We talked about the NFC-AFC championship game. You can go back and download that on iTunes. Just search for RF Sports Radio. And if you're tuned in to us live on the Internet at blogtalkradio.com slash RF Sports, make sure you definitely call in, 323-927-2906. 323-927-2906. I'm going to open up the chat room for everyone right now. To find the chat room, just go to blogtalkradio.com slash Sports. You can find the chat room there. Let's start with some top stories, as we always do, Royce, and see what's going on in the All world right. of sports. Now, we don't talk a lot about tennis. Uh, we've actually never talked How about tennis <laughs> at How all. Uh, but we had to mention that uh, Rafael Nadal, a, a guy that's, Won four straight Grand, Grand Slam tournaments. He's going for what they call the the Rafa Slam, where he holds all the Grand right. Slam titles in succession. Although they don't call it the Grand Slam because you have to do it all within the calendar year. But yeah, he did right. lose in the quarterfinals in the Australian Open. He lost to David Ferrier, a Spaniard. He lost in straight six, six two, six six four, six two, and six three, and straight in straight yeah. sets. And he was actually hurt during the game. Uh, he had tears in his eyes doing a changeover when he was down three zip. He took a medical timeout a couple of times during the game, but he was hurt. And he said today that this was a difficult day for me. Today I can't do more than what I did. He played at a very high level. They said that in the game he couldn't actually chase down some of the balls he normally would chase down, couldn't return to serve like he normally does as well. As far as the injury, injury when he was pressed about the subject during the press conference, he says, I don't have to tell you what I felt on the court but it's obvious I did not feel at my best. I had a problem with the match at the very beginning, and after that, the match was almost over. So uh, Rafael, Nadal, Rafael Nadal does not get a chance to get the 
five straight Grand Slam tournaments. He does have four, but Royce, I mean, I think he'll be ready to come back. And this is his second time losing in the quarterfinals in Australian Open. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, he'll bounce back. But, you know, it's hard. That tennis is a grueling sport on your knees. And, you know, it's mm. kind of hard. To, that's one sport you can't play hurt physically. You know what I mean? Right. You really can't. <laughs> right. He'll bounce back. But, he, you know, yeah. the guy yeah. does have you know, he's going to break a record, but I think he'll bounce back. Yeah, I think he'll bounce and, you know, back, too. You know, these guys, this guy 13 years old, you know, they right. get younger and younger. Right, so. Yeah, that's true. Right, it's hard to compete, man, with these guys. They fast forward. And then a late uh, breaking story actually just coming out down the wire not too long ago is we talked about uh, Ed Reed and the heavy heart that he played with during the playoffs, of course, if you guys haven't followed the story before, but his brother uh, was running uh, from police in Mississippi, and actually, for, for whatever reason, there's a lot of cloudiness around what really happened, but he ended up uh, jumping to escape in the Mississippi River, and uh, the people in St. Charles Parish, the sheriff's office in Louisiana, may have found the body. They say the tattoos wow. do match the description of Ed Reed's brother, so our condolences go out to him and his family, our prayers as well. In hopes that you know maybe they have a chance to bury um, a loved one there, so our, our, definitely right. our hopes and praises go out to him. Right, it's sad, sad to hear, Rodney. Like I said, all the condolences go out to Ed Reed. Yeah, definitely. In other uh, sports news, while we're on the subject of the uh, NFL, uh, there's some Pro Bowl talk going on today. Of course, the Pro Bowl is going to happen. This weekend is going to be in Hawaii. Last year it was in Miami, the same size as the Super Bowl, but this year they moved it back to Hawaii. And the whole hot topic during practice today, Royce, was about Jay Cutler. They asked everyone, you know, what they think about Jay Cutler, think about the criticism he's been receiving. We touched a lot on that on Monday's show. And everyone pretty much said the same thing. It's kind of hard, you know, uh, to even question the guy's heart like that. If he was hurt, he was hurt. And a lot's been said about Philip Rivers and him playing with the ACL tear and all this other stuff. But he was the one that pointed out that, hey, I did do that at the time, but I didn't come back uh, and play, you know, in, in the next in the next particular game. So a lot of people had to kind of backtrack on what they were saying about Philip Rivers did this and did that. But I right. thought it was really interesting on the side note, Tom Brady's not going to be in the, play, in the Pro Bowl game. And who they have to take his place? None other than Matt Castle. If you guys remember uh, when Tom Brady went down on the first game of the season with the uh, with the leg injury, Matt Castle was the guy that came in, took him to 11 wins, although they missed the playoffs. So I thought that was kind of ironic that now Brady's hurt again, and who is there to pick up the pieces but Matt Castle all over again? Again, right. We're back up again. Backing up Brady again, huh? Backing up Brady again. <laughs> Backing well, up know, Brady I- again. I, you know, the guy was obviously hurt. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you can't be real critical of him. You know, the thing is, you can be critical of any quarterback that doesn't win or take his team to the Super Bowl. So, you know, that's going to come on any quarterback's shoulder. Don't yeah, agree? I agree. I agree yeah, 100%. I mean, a lot's been said about it. And like you said, I don't think it's a big deal. I don't question right. the guy's power whatsoever. It did come out. Like we mentioned on Monday, that they had an MCL tear, actually what they call a second-degree tear, which is right. not that bad but not too bad at the same time. It's kind of the middle level between a one and right. a three. So the guy was hurt, and he knew he couldn't do anything to help the team. And I commended him for being man enough to say, you know what, I can't help the team right now. Let this other guy get in there and give it a shot. And right. That's what happened, right. although they did uh, lose the game. So a lot of that yeah. we talked about during Pro Bowl. I'm pretty sure there'll be more stuff coming from Pro Bowl week as it starts but to progress you, and goes on. Now, uh, there is some other – you know what, I guess though, you Rodney, call it in the, You know what, though? They're going to have to do something to spark interest in the Pro Bowl. So well, why true. not start talking about – right, because so, I don't think a lot of people are interested. That's why they put it before the Super Bowl. So they got to stir up some kind of controversy so people watch yeah. Well, right. right. I mean, they got the top players in the NFL there, and and no one really cares about that because, of course, we're waiting on the Super Bowl to happen. Right. Uh, But I think a lot of people tune in. They had good ratings last year. I'm pretty sure a lot of people uh, get their football fix and want to tune in. 
And, of course, that game was in Hawaii, as I mentioned before. In other NFL uh, news, I guess NFL slash pop culture news, because this player here kind of transcends both, and that's so Chad Ochocinco. He announced that he is going to be changing wow. his name again, Royce. He's got oh, a new name. Right. He's, he's changed right. his name back to Chad Johnson. So he's not going to do the Ocho Cinco anymore. He's going back to Chad Johnson. He says that he's done everything as Ocho Cinco that he can think of to do. It's kind of wearing out on him. And so he's going back to Chad Johnson. And my question to Chad, Ocho Cinco or Chad Johnson, whoever, is, hey, man, you should have did this a long time ago. I mean, it was a good oh, bit. Yes. It lasted a good while. But you guys haven't won any playoff games. You haven't been to a Super Bowl. You're not trying to put that aside and get busy on being a wide receiver, period. And I think another part of it is he's getting married uh, to Evelyn. You guys might know him, know her from the Basketball Wives show wow. on VH1. He's getting married to her, and I, I'm pretty sure she didn't want to be Evelyn Otosinko. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she has something to do with that. But at the same time, you know, like I say, he should have done this a long time ago. I mean, I, he was always Chad. You know what I mean? And this Ocho Cinco thing was just a, I think it was a more distraction because, you know, he hadn't been able to show much results being Ocho Cinco. Yeah. Right. He's better at, at Chad, right? Yeah, Johnson. he's better at Chad Johnson, right. Right. So hopefully he can regain that back. And so he's making a name change, everyone. No longer Chad Ochocinco is now going to be Chad Johnson. So, another oh, wow. uh, in, in NFL news, uh, of course, the Super Bowl, we talked about that coming to Dallas. It'll be here uh, before you know it. People already started to pile in. You go to downtown Fort Worth, everything's starting to get set up down there. Oh, um, yeah. And then, of course, in Dallas, things are getting set up. And I saw a story today, and we talked about Jerry trying to make every dime, every penny from the Super Bowl, trying to break a record. They had the most people ever to view a Super Bowl, and he offered up a pavilion ticket. And this ticket, I've, I've been in that stadium before, Royce. You've been there, right. too. This, right. tic, this ticket basically gives you a chance to get in the traffic, uh, pay right. 80, 80 bucks to park, and then stand right. outside and watch the game. You know, you're watching outside right. in a big pavilion area. Yeah, that doesn't right. cover you having a seat, doesn't cover you getting in, doesn't cover you uh, getting even parking even. So you're looking at right. 200, roughly 260 bucks to say that you were at the Super Bowl. Uh, now we talked about this. We thought that hey, it was pretty high, pretty expensive. Well, they've already sold out of these tickets. They offered them to the Cowboy season ticket holders first, and they're gone uh, in a matter of days. All those tickets are gone. So they estimated right. that they'll have about 90, about 95,000 95, people in, right. in the stadium, and about 5,000 people outside watching the game another 2,000 wow. people as far as the workers and volunteers that will be there. So, Roy, it's like Jerry's going to get his wish. He's going to break a record again. Well, circus is in town, Rodney, and it definitely does look like a circus, you know. Uh, but uh, that's Jerry World. You know, they say he's going to create Jerry World around us, so I guess he finally got his wish. Kind of like Disney World, Jerry World. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, right. So, so I think yeah, he's on he his way. Got that. Yeah, he's definitely right. got the Jerry World going. So let me ask you, Royce, you think $200, I mean, would you have paid that if you had the chance? Wow. Right, if for $200 I could feed 10 people and have the best Super Bowl party right in my living room. <laughs> <laughs> you hear me? And be warm yeah, and cozy. Right. And wouldn't have to deal with the traffic. I mean, can you imagine, uh, what, over 100,000 people in traffic, they got to get there some kind of way, you know? Oh, right. Right. And the tailgaters, you know, we've been out there, man. I mean, it's going to be, it's a circus. Now yeah. Think about it. <laughs> it really is going to be a circus. Cheeseheads, oh, yeah. you're going to have it all, you know what I mean? So it's going to be a circus. <laughs> now, we want to remind everyone listening, if you listen to us online, you're more than welcome to call in, voice your opinion, ask any sports question you may want to ask. And tonight's question, since we're covering the Mavs versus the Clippers, Later in the show is if you had a team and had to pick between Blake Griffin and Kevin Durant, who are you picking and why? So that's the wow. question tonight. Call us at 323-927-2906. If you had to pick between Blake Griffin and Kevin Durant to start your team, your franchise, who would you pick? So we'll talk wow. about that later that's on in the one. show as well, too. That's a good question, I think. We'll talk about that right. later on in the show. 
In other NFL news, a story I want to spend a little time on, Royce, is this this NFL collective bargaining agreement is still coming up in the news, even with the wow, Super Bowl approaching. Yeah. Everyone wants to get a deal done. The 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 agreement expires in March, which is only really a month away. And today, Roger Goodell says that if they do have a lockout for whatever reason, he will cut his salary from ten million dollars a year that he normally makes to one dollar if there's a work stoppage. And uh, he's doing this, of course, to get a lot of attention, to say that he's trying to get everything done. He's trying to say that he wants everything to happen as quick as possible, the reason why he's doing this. And and his comment was, let me emphasize that we are fully committed to doing everything possible to reach a new collective bargaining agreement without any disruption of our business. The entire CETA leadership team stands with me in this commitment to resolving the CBA issues with the Players' Union. So apparently he's trying to get something done quick. Uh, I mean, what do you take from this whole thing by going down from $10 million to $1? Well, it depends on if he gets paid at the beginning of the year or at the end of the year. <laughs> if he gets paid at the beginning <laughs> of the year, he's okay. <laughs> you know, but, I, uh, yeah, I understand that. And uh, if he's willing to take a pay cut, Maybe he's trying to set an example for these guys to go ahead, you know, whether it be the owners or the players, to go ahead and settle up, man. If, you know, somebody's going to lose, somebody's going to win. You know, that's just how it is. If he's willing to take a dollar, yeah, I'll be, somebody's I'll be willing to take a pay cut. Yeah. And even, uh, Jeff, even uh, Jeff Posh, the chief negotiator, on behalf of the NFL, right. has said he's going to take his salary from $5 million down to a dollar as well, too, in hopes that a deal gets done by Super Bowl. And uh, and Demora Smith, he's the head of the NFL Players Association. You guys, I know you've seen him. He's been on a lot of talk shows trying to plead right. the case for the players and right. and what's going on with the whole lockout and everything. Well, he took to Twitter to, to voice his opinion and comments, and it's funny how NFL wants to shut down Twitter, and they use it more than anybody, it seems like, nowadays. But he says that NFL executives reducing the salaries in the event of a lockout, if we have a deal right. by the Super Bowl, I'll go down to 68 cents. Wow. So that's yeah. his counter. So he's saying if they have a deal by Super Bowl, he'll go down to 68 cents, which sounds like to me that there's got to be no deal in place. And uh, Kevin Maui, the, uh, of course, the uh, offensive line great for the NFL, he's president of the NFLPA. And he came on uh, this morning on Mike and Mike's show on ESPN. He said the biggest issue right now, Royce, is the 18-game schedule. They cannot get past that for whatever reason. He said there's no way he can sell 18 games to the players and not address more compensation, more health benefits, a better pension plan when these guys get out of football. I mean, there's got to be some give and take there, but why do you think this is such a big issue? Why not? Pay a guy more for playing 18 games. Why not give him more health insurance or more benefits when he retires? Well, you know, I, I agree with everything you're saying, Rodney, but at, at the same time, it's going to be who who can hold out the longest. Can the owners hold out or can the players hold out? And just from some of these shows, like football-wise and basketball-wise, I think the, the the owners are in a better position. I basically do. But I agree these things need to be done. They need to change it. You know, uh, if you just look at the whole country as a whole, you know, things have changed so dramatically that, you know, it's hard to get any kind of, you know, coverage, health, you know what I mean, benefits. You know, but these guys deserve it. Like I said, life after football is it's not a cakewalk. Yeah. It really is. It's short-lived life. So. And it just seems like yeah. it would be, you know, second nature to say, hey, if you're going to play longer, during the season, right. we should we should give you more, you know. More, right? It seems like right. there's got to be some kind of give and take there, some kind of way. Oh yeah. But how do you yeah, see this thing shaking up though? How you see yeah, this shaking up, Royce? You see us having football next year, and if we do have football, when? You know, right now I, I can't answer that question. I would love for football season to start on time. I love for them to get this done, just like every other fan in America. But uh, they they need to get it done, and I don't like the idea that they're kind of holding us hostage. You know, you know, we as fans, we deserve something, right? Don't you agree? Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, we are being held hostage. We, we're talking about the Super Bowl coming up, and 
And this is like right. a big distraction right now from, from what's really going to happen. As an NFL fan, we might not have football all next season, and there's so much right. being taken away from that because of the Super Bowl. But I think once the right. Super Bowl is over, I would hope that cooler heads prevail and, and hopefully they get something done as quick as possible. Because who wants to go right. through fall without, you know, any football going and on? Football, right. It, it could push you back well into late fall. You know what I mean? That right. might even start on time. So who right. knows? Get it done and get it, you know, worked up. I know baseball is coming, but, you know, like I said, football is part of the number one sport. They say baseball, but I think more people watch football. Makes sense. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they, need, they need to get it done. They need to get it done. You know, like I said, it, we we gonna suffer too. So, uh, it, it's a give and take. We'll get it done. Work it out. You know, it's all this come together attitude. It's going around the country now. They need to look at that too. You know what I mean? Uh, work it out. Yeah, yeah. Well, well I think we all hope, hope it does work out as quick as possible. In other sports news, switching gears from the NFL, let's talk a little bit about baseball. Baseball season is approaching. They're getting ready to go to spring training right now. Our local team here, the Rangers, have made a few offseason moves. They still got to get Josh Hamilton signed. Looks like they will be going to arbitration. So I know they're going to get a ton of money. He wants $12 million, and the Rangers want to pay him around about eight and a half. So they'll offer about a little bit. But I think he may even get more if he goes to arbitration. Another player that everyone's kind of watching right now is Albert Pujols. They're saying wow, that Pujols will be the highest-paid player in the in sports history once his deal is done. Right. He could get a 10-year deal for $300 million. That's what he wants. He wants $30 million a year. Now, he right. is one of the biggest players, not just for the St. Louis Cardinals franchise. He's been there his whole career since 2001. But... They're saying that he's one of the biggest or best hitters, you know, most prolific hitters in Major League Baseball for his era. You know, some of the records that he holds, his power, his being the face of a franchise. So everyone's watching this deal very, very close because if it doesn't get done by a certain time, he's agreed that he will go into free agency if they don't get him signed by a certain time. Just to put it all in perspective, let's look at some of the other players that are playing the MLB. Major League Baseball and some of the deals they have. A Rod has had two deals over two hundred fifty million dollars. Right. In oh right. one, he signed a deal for ten years, two hundred fifty two million. In two thousand eight he signed a bigger deal, ten years, two hundred seventy five million. And A Rod hasn't done numbers wise, hasn't done what right. Apple Poohouse has done, although uh A Rod's got them a championship. Derek Jeter, right. two thousand one, signed a ten year deal for hundred and eighty nine million. Joe Maurer uh, signed a deal in 2011 this year for eight years and $184 million. So the market is already set for him to make $300 million. Now, Royce, let me ask you, one guy getting $300 million, a 10-year deal, that means he'll be 41 when the deal is done. Do you do this deal, yeah. first of all? And if not, what I mean, what can you do? I mean, the guy wants the money, he's going to get it from somebody. Oh, he's going to get it because there's too many people interested. And from my understanding is he missed St. Louis. They just, I mean, to get rid of him, they might as well just, he is a franchise. So I think he'd get it, but I think baseball has just really just went out of this world for salary-wise. That, that's that's ridiculous. It really is. It really is. He'd get it, though. Yeah. He will get it. Be yeah, I think, I think they, they only have uh, 25 days left to make a deal happen, and he's going to go into free agency if he doesn't. And teams are already lining up and watching it real close oh, yeah. to see if they get the deal done. Because if they don't get the deal done, they got teams out there ready. The Yankees are ready. Even the Rangers have been named as, as uh, people yeah, that are ready that. to sign them for that kind of money. Chicago Cubs are ready to sign this guy for $300 million. He's going to get it one way or the other. The question is, are the Cardinals going to give him the money? Now, they got a lot of money tied up in the Matt Holiday, other players, but they've been knowing this day was coming for a long time. They've done all these all right. deals and knew that eventually they're going to have to give this guy $300 million. And looks like he's going to get it one way or the other. But if you're a Cardinal fan, hang in there. Because I, like Roy said, I think he is the face of the franchise there. And I can't see him going to any other place. He's been with that team since he came into the league in 2001. So I think he'll definitely stay there. It'd be like LeBron leaving Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> That's a be. good announcement. Right. Yeah, he'd be just right. like LeBron leaving Cleveland. 
And before we take a quick break, I want you guys to check out a clip that Charles Woodson had to say about our president while he was giving the State of the Union address. This is what Charles Woodson had to say about the president and the upcoming Super Bowl. He basically said the president didn't want to watch him in the Super Bowl because the Bears didn't go. So he told us guys, hey, let's just go win the Super Bowl. We're going to see him. So I thought that was pretty cool. Let's take a quick uh, break real fast. We're going to come back. We're getting to the Mavs. I'll play the interviews I did with Dirk Davinsky, also Jet Terry, Tyson Chandler, and a little time I spent with Mark Cuban before the game where he talked about everything from the NFL to Blake Griffin to Pages to Younger with the new Mav. And he even talked about Jersey Shore and how much he was a big fan of Jersey Shore. I thought that was cool, too. So we'll talk about that when we come back. You're listening to the RF Sports Radio Show, where it's sports talk from a fan's perspective. Calling all models, models. calling all actors, actors. all music artists, music calling artists. all comedians, comedians and producers. I got producers. a question for you. Have you been having trouble finding gigs, and not just gigs, but paying gigs? Well, if that's you, look no further. Okay. We've got the perfect solution for your problem. Go to webookgigs.info right now. Okay. Sign up and create your profile. Now, let me tell you what you're going to get. You're going to get updates about shows and paid gigs sent directly to your personal I Twitter, like Facebook, email, and your phone. Now, the best thing about webookgigs.info is it's absolutely no cost to I sign up. That. So what are you waiting for? Don't delay. Webookgigs.info right now. Right now. is coming. Don't miss a chance for your business product, service, or website to reach thousands of sports fans from around the world that will be coming to our backyard in Dallas-Fort Worth. We have several Super Bowl shows and appearances planned for the biggest evening in sports. We have street teams available to get your message in the hands of sports fans. Don't miss out on reduced advertising rates for more bang for your buck. Email rfsportsradio at gmail.com. That's rfsportsradio at gmail.com. See you at the Super Bowl. This is RF with the RF Sports Radio Show. I'm here live with my good friend, CEO and creator of lawapps.com, Jared Rice. Why don't you let everyone know exactly what lawapps.com is? It's a mobilized version of an attorney's regular website so that people can access the site on mobile phones like smartphones, whether it be HTC iPhone, Android, BlackBerry, or Palm, or any Windows-based system. So why does an attorney need LawApps.com? Well, if you have a regular website and people are pulling it up on their mobile phone, obviously they can't see it. So if you don't have a mobilized version of your site, you're missing out on millions of customers. And, you know, for business, that's not a good thing, especially in 2011. So what's the best way for people to get in contact with LawApps.com? Go to our website at lawapps.com, and apps is spelled with a Z on the end, not an S, or they can give us a call at our toll-free number, 1-888-974-6784. That's 1-888-974-6784. And it's lawapps.com, L-A-W-A-P-P-Z.com. Get your law firm out of the dark ages. Man, smoke in the city available the now. City. Album features Flow Fly, Mayhem, Kenfo Jack, and the Grit Boys, with many, many other. Also featuring production from super producer, none other than Big Chris. Available now at all of your favorite online retailers iTunes, Amazon, Napster, Rhapsody, Seven Digital, E Music, and every other major online retailer that you can think of. Don't wait, go pick up Smoke in the City now. It's blazing. And we are back live, another edition of the RF Sports Radio Show. You guys got us locked in on Wednesday, January 26th. If you listen to us live on the Internet, make sure you give us a call, 323-927-2906, or follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Radio. Let's talk about a little Mavs real quick, Royce. They had a game last night against the Clippers. And of course, we were all waiting on the Blake Griffin show to get to town. Of course, he did play yes. a lot of his, he played his college ball in Oklahoma. Had a lot of Oklahoma fans in the crowd. A lot of Oklahoma fans with hats, t-shirts, sweaters. Everything was Oklahoma last night. They definitely oh, yeah. came out to support their their guy. 
And when he came, I mean, Blake Griffin's become almost like the biggest thing going in L.A. right now. I talked to a buddy of mine that covers the Lakers. He's saying me, he's telling me that a lot of people like going to Clippers games more than they like going to the Lakers games, mainly because of Blake Griffin, number one, and the Lakers are not playing all that well right now. Right, right. So I think right. a lot of people like seeing Blake Griffin, but talk a little bit about how dynamic he is and the excitement he's creating in the league right now. He's a human highlight film. I think that's what it is. Uh, he's, uh, like I said, people like to his play, play the above the rim. We hadn't seen anybody play like that in a while. And the guy puts on the show every night, so I think he is a crowd pleaser. And he plays to the crowd, too. Yeah, he definitely plays to the crowd. I mean, anytime you get that many dunks and dunk on that many people, you definitely play to the crowd. And right, speaking right. with Carlisle before the game, we asked him exactly, you know, what do you think about Blake Griffin? They played him once before back in on Halloween. But, of course, things right. have changed since then. They started out 1-16. They've been winning some games. He's become – they've even got people, chan, you know, chanting MVP when he plays at home now. And he right. said that he compares him to two people in the NBA. His comparisons were Charles Barkley and Carl uh, Malone. He says a little bit of mixture of wow. both. I mean, do you wow. see that in them, I never too? Looked at it like, yeah, I never looked at it like that. You're absolutely right. Because he, he, he's strong and, and, you know, like Carl Malone. So he does have both qualities. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. I never looked at it like that. And he said he's, he's pretty – he's most dangerous because every time you see him, he's improving. You know, he's trying to improve his shot outside. He's right. trying to improve his shot inside, rebounding. Of course, he's already been doing that. So – that was the biggest thing, the way he's improving his game so quickly, so fast. All right. He's right right All now right. he's six for ten from the three point line, so he's trying to develop that shot. He hit a three pointer to win a game last week. Right. So he he's developing right. a lot. The guy's definitely a star in the league. And our question for all our, our listeners tonight was if you had your franchise was starting up, you had to pick one player, were you gonna go with Blake Griffin or going with Kevin Durant? So anyone that wants to chime in on that, give us a call at 323-927-2906, and we'll talk about that. Before we talk about the new Mav Pager, because I got a chance to speak with him last night, let's review the game real quick if we can. The Mavs did win the game, um, and they won 112 to 105, but it wasn't real easy, especially in the first half. So let's talk about the first half versus the second half. The first half – they were getting beat pretty bad. I mean, I could you could tell right then it could have been a blowout right. at any given time, right. uh, the way they were playing. And the only player that kept them in the game, and I thought was the key to the game, was J.J. Barea. And he came in off the bench and, and just lit them up. They had 63 points off the bench all night. You know, right. like him, Jason Terry, Sean Marion were the guys that were leading that charge off the bench. But he played real big last night, Ross. Yeah, he did. You know, J.J. had been playing big lately. The last – he really took up most of the slack when uh, Dirk and Karan went down. The guy's relentless, man. He plays with a passion. He will get to the basket. He will get to the foul line. I mean, he he kept him in the game last night. Yeah, he did. He definitely kept him in the game last night. Let me bring on our other host, co-host here, Rick. Rick, I know you follow the NBA to a team, my friend. Uh if you saw the game last night, talk about how big J.J. was, especially in the first half, keeping them in the game. But even in that second half and that third quarter, they finally got their first lead. Hey, big, 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 big contributions from J.J. Barrea. Got to give him oh, yeah, credit. He's Man, he was out there making things happen. You got to give him credit. And I think he was a pretty, pretty big spark plug for the Mavericks that night. You know, and it was a good shooting night for the Mavs. The Mavs was knocking down shots, you know, and they was getting the rebounds that they needed. They was getting exciting plays with alley hoops. And, I mean, the Mavs did what they needed to do. Good game for the Mavs. I was nothing from Dirk. I mean, he got nothing out of Dirk. <laughs> yeah, still kind of, he's still kind of limping a little bit, it looks like. You know, it doesn't look right. like Dirk is just fully all the right. way um, into it, so... I guess they better be careful with that situation. That they certainly don't want to hurt him for the long haul. Yeah, you could tell. And Dirk didn't play a lot of minutes last night. He played 29 minutes. He's normally playing, you know, over 30 uh, easily. He played 29 last night. Of course, that was out of necessity more than anything. But I looked up in the uh, second quarter, cl- close to the end. He only had two points, 
And then right. right in the last six minutes of the second quarter, he went on a nicer scoring drive, hit eight straight points, ended up the um, half with actually 10 or 12 points before the end of the half. He finished with 20 for the night. But he didn't play a lot of the second half. It was such in, a physical in game. The fourth quarter. Down low, right. he really couldn't get that much done down low. But Brendan Haywood, I don't know what happened, but he figured out how to play Brett Griffin finally in that second half. Right. And on top of that, right. that foul that he had when he threw Blake Griffin down, that technical, a lot of players told me that was the key to the game right there because they were getting manhandled, some of those guys down there. Oh, yeah. It was nice to see the Mavs stand up. You know, this, this team has always been kind of soft. And, uh, you know, we got a lot more to tell about this game, too. A lot, lot, lot Baron Davis. So we got a lot to talk about this game. They played yeah, tough. Yeah, right. Now, we, we yeah, talked about Baron Davis. I, I mean, he was – he played his role last night. You know, if you guys know Baron Davis's game, he's one of those guys going to get in your face. He's going to try to agitate. He's going to try to start something on the court. He got into it with, of course, he got into it with J.J. Barea and the chief foul. They got the technical call. We even got into it with Coach Carlisle, too. Right. And I thought that was interesting. And, and we talked to Carlisle about that, about that after the game. He said he can't. He didn't want to get into it because he didn't want to get fined. And other players want to talk about it. But you can tell they kind of got into it, though, Rick. I mean, from what you saw, I mean, Barron was out there trying to play what he normally plays, right? And that's that's the way he plays. I mean, he's not necessarily dirty like that. You know, but I tell you what, it's pretty interesting. For Carlisle to make a statement like that, he must have been pretty hot in that situation. It looked like they was they was really going after it, man. It looked like it. I mean, and it's a good thing yeah. both guys were able to keep that composure. I couldn't tell you what they were saying, but I I, I could tell you it wasn't nothing nice. Yeah, yeah he brought out Jim Carrey last night. <laughs> <laughs> he brought out let, Jim let Carrey welcome, last night. <laughs> right. Let me welcome on some other callers real quick. I got uh, Chris on the line. I also got Chosen as well, too. Chris, welcome to the program. Ain't heard from me in a while, man, but I'm glad you're on for a little Maverick talk. <laughs> Ah, well, right on, right on. And this is stuff to do, new year, and new business to take care of. And, you know, unfortunately, like some of you uh, uh, individuals who have a significant other, us single folks got to work twice as hard, you understand me? So, we haven't seen you since the Patriots law. We haven't heard something since the Patriots law. And we'll welcome on, let's welcome on uh, Chosen onto the program, too. Chosen, how you doing, man? Hey, what's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing? Good, What's good, good. Oh, man. Hot day. Before we talk a little bit more about this Mavs game, of course, we're talking about the Mavs win last night, uh, last night 112 to 105 over the Clippers. You talked about Rick Carlisle. He did talk last night a lot about the team. He talked about how the bench came up real big and the bad start that they had uh, to the game. So let's listen to a couple of his comments after the post game. And the, all these uh, comments, audio interviews that you hear are being brought to us by DallasMavsBlog.com. Stay in contact with those guys. They're on top of everything when it comes to Mavs. Go to DallasMavsBlog.com. This is Coach Carlisle after the game. Well, they gave us a big lift off the bench, um, as did Marion, as did Haywood. I thought Mahimi played well. Um, We didn't get off to a good start, obviously, and we're going to have to do better there. Uh, Our second half was uh, was completely different than the first, but... uh, yeah, we're we're just we're concerned about how we started the game, obviously. It was completely different in terms of adjustments or energy or both. We just uh we weren't we weren't uh we weren't ready to play at the beginning, it was clear. And uh, so you know, that's that's something we just gotta keep addressing going forward, um, with practice, with film and we gotta get better with it. From using the three yard lineup to and then also uh, we did talk to Jason Terry, also Dirk Nowitzki, and this is Dirk's uh, comments about the game, talking about the win they got of the Clippers last night. Yeah, great, uh, great effort there in the third quarter. I thought both ends of the floor. I think we were a step slow to lose to everything uh, in the first half. Let them shoot close to 70 percent. That's obviously not what we want. So effort was great there in the third quarter. Really turned the pace around. Got going offensively. <laughs> Didn't mean to take you out there. Oh, no worries. Got going offensively there with basically called a no plays, just getting some stops, uh, playing off of that, pushing the ball, get the kid on the run, get the guys on the run. 
They played some zone, we made some big shots, so definitely that third quarter was a big, uh, big turnaround. And then getting to the line, maybe that second quarter was big, were you getting going off this point? Yeah, I'm still fighting a little uphill battle, but, you know, uh, hopefully here with this home stand, it's another couple games. Get a couple more games under my belt, and uh, be okay, but, yeah, uh, I'm going to keep playing hard, keep fighting, and ultimately I'll be back to where I was. How big were JJ and uh, Jet today? Yeah, I thought actually early on we had nothing going on both ends of the floor. I thought Chandler actually uh, was the guy that, that got us going offensively early. He got to the line some. He played physical, got some good rebounds in there, finished some. So I thought he was actually the first guy who got us going. And then JJ off the bench was just lights out. I mean, every shot he takes right now is, uh, looks good in the last uh, week or two, you know. It's funny how this league works sometimes, you know. He couldn't buy one early in the season. A month or so, he was shooting 17% from three, and now the last couple of weeks, it seems like he can't miss, so uh, it's, it's, been, it's been fun to watch. He's coming in aggressive, taking off the dribble, looking for a shot, and uh, it's been good to have him back. Of course, he got physical with Barron, too. Yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> yeah, just thinking that our energy was better. Uh, we, we, I thought they were all over us and got into us in the first half, pushing around a little bit, and then in the second half we were the more aggressive team. And that's how it is in the league. Usually, the, the team that's more aggressive gets gets more calls, gets the benefit of the doubt, and they were the team that got the benefit of the doubt in the first half, and we turned around the second. Hey, Doug, you get momentum builder after what's gone last couple weeks, finally having a really good third quarter. And yeah, just a good offense tonight. That was Doug Davinsky talking there about some post-game comments uh, after the Clippers game. Now, we, I got some audio from Jet Terry. I want y'all to hear what he says about J.J. Barea, and I want y'all's reaction to what he said, because we've all sit there and said and looked at Barea and said, you know what, we could probably do what he's doing for the size that he is. So I want you to hear what Jet Terry had to say about that. The energy level for us has been up, you know, the past week and a half. Um, you know, started in practice yesterday and then to come out tonight. Uh, slow start for us offensively uh, and defensively, but uh, the energy level was great. I mean, it's fun when we can play like that, and uh, it's fun to go out and win games. 63 bench points. How did you and J.J. really start? Well, J.J. got started. I mean, we, we struggled in the first half, but uh, he kept us in it. You know, it easily could have been a blowout loss for us. Uh, we can be in here sad, but, you know, for him to come out and do what he did offensively and defensively against Baron Davis uh, was tremendous. Talk about how you guys stepped up defensively in the second half, holding them to 43. Well, it started off inside. You know, our, our big fellas were a presence. Uh, we talked about it at halftime, and they came out and made a statement early. I think the play of the game was Wood, uh, you hate to say it, but Wood getting the flagrant, throwing down Blake Griffin and, uh, you know, really making a statement. Uh, he missed one of those free throws, and, and then we got a stop on the next possession. So uh, our big fellas are key. You know, Tyson Chandler offensively, uh, what he did tonight inside, getting easy baskets, running the floor uh, was huge. Despite uh, JJ's size, can you talk about his impact? Well, he's tough. Uh, that, that's the first thing. You look at him, you know, and, and I got guys challenging JJ from your family, friends, to guys at the YMCA, at the rec. They want to come and take his spot. But ain't nobody taking his spot, man. He's one of the toughest players uh, on the team, and uh, you can see what he does offensively. He's tough to guard, and uh, he finds a way to get the job done. JJ, can you talk about the importance of Now, uh, Rick, you play a little ball. You think he take JJ's spot? <laughs> I mean, it'll be pretty hard to do, but I sure would give it a try, though. Little man kind of quick out there, man. <laughs> you heard his comedy. He said he's got people from the YMCA, from the regs, to friends and family, all uh, telling Jet Terry, hey, man, I can come take Brad's spot any day of the week. Chosen, what you think about those comments? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I would like to see it go down. <laughs> Chris, what do you think, man? You and JJ about the same size. I could, you could, you could take a spot, right? Man, well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess, man. But you know, football is my 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 sport of choice. You know, what I'm saying basketball is cool, man. It's, it's it's too much, you know, too much too much acting now. Well, now that acting barking that was going on, I ain't really too much into playoffs. I watch it, but regular season, now, not really. <laughs> Uh, and uh, he mentioned Rick, he mentioned about Rick. Baron Davis and how JJ and Baron were going back at it, and that was really the battle of the night to me was Baron and JJ. It seemed like you know, every time that JJ come down the court, he shoot a basket in Baron's face. Baron would come back and try to do the same thing. They had the little 
uh, ticket tag fouls and everything, and right. and it kind yeah, of promoted Coach Carlisle to get off the um, sidelines and come out there and and say something to Burn after he made that foul and basically hit him in the face. So this is what Tyson Chandler had to say after the game about the whole incident between Baron Davis and and uh, Coach Carlisle. I like that. I like I like Coach to get out there and stick up for his team. You know, I, I had him. He's all right. What do you think? You have to hold him back there? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hold him back. <laughs> I hold him back, but I got his back. So he all right. He's all right. Yeah, Tyson Taylor said he all right. He had his back. Now, Tyson's from Compton. You know, Barron's from L.A. as well, too. So you could tell when he said he had his back, he went out there and told Barron something, and uh, that, that ended pretty quick, Rick. Do you have an idea what he could tell him in L.A. language that make him back down like that? I have no idea. I know uh, <laughs> I know. I was trying to rule Barry Davis' lips all the way back to the bench, and he wasn't saying nothing pretty, man. <laughs> well, that, well, that, let, me, let me say this, Ronnie. So I, I don't know what Carlisle said. Well, it must have been bad. First off, Ronnie, let me say, Rick J.J. Barrett will break your ankles. Number two. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm... He might, but I'm going to give him a 30. And, 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 and number two, uh, uh, Baron got pissed off because J.J. outplayed it, and he really did. He, he, he yeah. embarrassed it. And uh, I think that was frustrating, and that was a cheap shot. But uh, Jim Carrey came out. I, I was glad to see him come out. I hadn't seen him in anything <laughs> lately. But he was on the Maverick sideline the other night. Jim yeah, Carrey. he was definitely animated. He was def- He was hyped up after the game as well, too. Uh, but, but, but of course, they do get the win, and tomorrow night they, they welcome the Houston Rockets, and um, so they have another game tomorrow night. Houston always plays his team tough, so they got another test tomorrow night. But the biggest story of the game, before the game and after the game, was, of course, Pager, and he was there. He sat behind the bench in his uh, street clothes. Before the game, he was kind of he was decked out in a Mavericks uniform before the game, but they put him back in street clothes before the game started. He was in the locker room. And uh, that was a whole big thing. And we talked to Mark Cuban before the game. He had a little bit to say about Paige on top of everything else. And the only way you can talk to Cuban before the game is while he's working out. Now, I've never seen a guy with so much money that he has on other team and everything, but he works out harder than the players. He's on the Stairmaster, the, the treadmill, the bike, everything before the game. I mean, and that's the only way you can talk to him is why he's working now. So this is what he had to say about Peja and the decision to bring him to the team. I mean, I think it's you know, a low risk. It's, pretty, it's a high certainty of return. Yeah, I mean, it just throws the need that we need, you know. It throws the hole we need. And because of his height, he can get off shots, get in a shot clock, in a quarter. Um, he can't switch small. There's not going to be a small between them. If he put a pause on page that he can post him up. You gotta guard him, obviously. So hopefully he'll get a lot of wide open shots. Yeah. Which is a lot of zone. And he's, <laughs> he's a smart enough player to know how to play the zone. Well it'll certainly help. Um I'm coaching smart. And there was him talking about Paige about how the uh, reward was greater than the risk, bringing him in even though he's not healthy right now, and how he expects him to get some wide open shots. Him being 16, he can spread the floor and get his shot off uh, late in the shot clock. And this is what Tyson Chandler had to say about Paige coming to the team. And they used to play together in New Orleans, but it's when he talks about his defense because a lot of people, even us, have said that he's not a, a defensive player. Uh, that we try to make him out to be. This is what Tyson had to say about his defensive play. Yeah, he de- you know what? He doesn't get enough credit, almost kind of like Dirk, as far as team defense. Um, you don't have to be a great individually, you know, individual defense, defensive player, but if you can buy into a team concept and five guys on the court, you know, playing um, together as one and on the screen, we can still be good defensively. And his size, he's bigger than people. Yeah, you think he's a shooter, you think six five, but he's tall. Yeah, he, he, he's definitely tall. You know, he's six nine, six ten, so he'll be able to mix it up down there. You know, help us rebound, and um, you know, he also can post up. Now, you heard him talk about, you know, he's being 6'10", using his length. 
Let me ask you first, Royce. I mean, Pager on this team, what can we expect? I know he's not going to play tomorrow night. He might not play uh, for any of the home games in his four-game home stand. But what can we expect from Pager? you think he really will make that impact that Mark talked about or Tyson talked about with him getting open shots and creating so much space on the floor? Well, if you ask me, Pager five years ago, I'd say, yeah. Pager now, I don't know. But I will say this about the Mavs. They need to stay out of the thrift stores and start going some high-end shopping. <laughs> they thrift true. shopping now. They are thrift shopping. They need to go high-end shopping. And so Carlisle, I mean, he coached Pager at one time, so I think he's very high on him as a player. He mentioned before the game how he hopes that when Pager gets out there, everyone else can basically play four and four basketball because he's basically not going to he's going to command at least his defender to stick to him at all times no matter where he is on the floor. But Rick, is that a good strategy? I mean, you heard Royce mention that, like you said, that thrift the thrift store shopping and getting the guy that's been in the league twelve thirteen years has got a bad knee. He's only played right. seven games this season. He's only right. averaging eight points a game. I mean, it's it's definitely a good strategy if you're making your jump shot, you know, but the problem is what happens in the days that they're not making those. You can easily split, spread the floor. They're going to always have people on the floor that can score, you know, but sometimes you're going to have to slow the ball down, especially in the playoffs. The games get real slow, and you're going to have to be able to get some of that meat from the inside, you know, so that's what the, the, the Mavericks need to concentrate on. I mean, Tyson Chandler told you everything that you needed to know about his defense. He said you don't have to be great, and which he's not. You know, he's long, so he should be able to fit into their defensive concept. So he should be able to give you a little bit there. But it's all about the scoring with Pager. That's the reason they brought him in. Yeah. And I will say, you know, while we were talking to Mark before the game, he, you know, right next to him while he was working out was Roddy B on the treadmill trying to run. He was in pain while he was running, but – he was running nonetheless, and Mark was making sure he ran full speed, believe me. I can't repeat some of the stuff he was saying to him. He was hazing him like a rookie, but he made sure he was running full speed so he could try to get up to speed as quick as possible. Now, Chosen, you follow basketball pretty pretty tough. You you follow the Mavs as well, too. What do you think about Paige coming to this team? Well, I, I think Paige is, is brought in – just to be another threat, and and a, as as far as a respected shooter goes, you respect Dirk as a shooter. You respect Paige as a shooter, so okay. it gives you the ability to really, really make a defense work harder. You know, I I, I think he'll open Dirk up for more shots when they're both out on the floor. Defensively, I don't expect him to make first team <laughs> at all. But you know, hey, um, he'll definitely be respected when he's on the floor, and the Mavericks have the ball. But, but don't yeah. you agree that the Mavericks are just a jump shooting team? They need some oh, kind yeah. of inside presence, the low post player. They have none of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, yeah. the, the, you know, Carla talked about, you know, and uh, he made a comment about how they're running more plays to try to get shots for the big men down low, at least some catch-and-shoot opportunities. You could tell by, you know, Tyson Chandler, he was on a roll last night. He finished with 21 points, but he could have had way more than that if he didn't have all those uh, little fouls that they kept calling during the first half. But they've been calling plays to try to get them more catch-and-shoot opportunities and move it down low. But they don't have the down low presence. I mean, even Dirk at seven foot is a jump shooter. So you add right. another guy six ten as a jump shooter as well. They they probably shoot the ball better than Dirk. Dirk even said today during practice that you know since Page has been there, he's never beat Page in the game of horse so far in the practice that they've had. So they've been shooting the ball. I mean, the guy spread the floor out a floor out a little bit, but is it going right. to be enough? Is the question, Royce? Is that going to be enough to get this team back to going sixteen and one? No, they they got great jump shooters. They don't have a utility player. They have nobody that plays around the basket, nobody to clean up around the basket, you know, second test points. I just don't see that. I'd rather see them get a utility guy than go get another shooter. That's my personal opinion. Well, you may be right. I mean, Rick, is that is that the key that needs another guy? I mean, are you are you a little disappointed that they didn't try to go after Iguodala, though the trade deadline is not just – Exactly up right now, but you thought that was the kind of guy that they really needed, though, right? 
Yeah, that's the kind of player that I would have rather them uh, go out and get, you know, no doubt. But, I mean, you know, it will be exciting to see the Mavs out there. You know, if you could just imagine, you know, Jason Kidd running a point with Jason Terry out there making jumpers and you got Dirk and you got uh, Stojakovic out there. You know, if they all out there hitting shots, I'm telling you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a beautiful thing. But it's going to be so many days where everybody's jumpers are not going to be falling, man. And the everybody's jumping jump Yeah, the closest they get to the to the low post is, is, is the, the elbow, really, the free throw line. You know, that's dirt spot. You know, yeah, so that's true. they got to get some more meat down low or at least somebody that will slash to the basket, you know, and get some fouls and stuff like that. Tyson Chandler had a good uh, free throw shooting night, too, by the way. Yeah, he's 11 for 11 from the free throw line. You're right. A great performance from the free throw line. You, you rarely get a big man shoots 11 for 11. We were joking last night about we don't think Dan Pierre had 11 for 11 for anything in a career. career. <laughs> 11 for 11 for anything. So we're glad he got 11 for 11, at least from the free throw line. Before we jump into our next story, our last topic tonight, uh, I want to just uh, quickly say that you can follow all the Mavs talk. They have a, a big article right now on Pedro Stojankovic online. It's at DallasMavsBlog.com. Introduce him to the fans, going over some of his stats and career accomplishments as well. So go to DallasMavsBlog.com, and you can stay in contact with those guys and everything Mavericks there. Before I move on, a real quick funny story. Mark was talking about, Mark Cuban was talking about the uh, game with the New Jersey Nets. And if you guys have been watching any of the entertainment tonight, so whatever you watch, Access Hollywood. But Snooky from Jersey Shore and Kim Kardashian were at the game, and they sat on the front row. And uh, the, all this was being said, Mark kept saying that everybody was staring at Kim Kardashian's body the whole time, players, coaches, everybody. And she, he told me that Snooky was trying to holler at J.J. Barea, right, yeah. trying to get his attention the whole time on the court. And it just so happened J.J. went out there to take a ball out, and uh, Snooky kept talking to him, whispering to him, trying to get his attention, and J.J. wasn't trying to hear it. So what y'all think? I mean, is J.J. becoming, is he going to be the next Miles Austin dating another reality star? <laughs> I mean, can you see J.J. Barea and Snooky? In the tabloids. They're about the same height, aren't they? They're about the same height. You're right. They're about the same height. And Mark, he was even saying that uh, Snooky went as far as to give him the little basic instinct moment, you know, with the with the leg cross. So I thought that was kind of funny, too. So he was, she was definitely oh, trying no. to get that there for his attention last. At wow. At the next game. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. Of course, he told me not to print that, That's but... Insane. Hey, I got to give you guys the truth at all times. But anyway, uh, going to our last story real quick, and that's why I wanted Chris. I'm glad you're on for this. But tomorrow marks a brand-new season for the PGA Tour. It did start already, but now it's going to mark the real season because Tiger's going to be playing tomorrow. He's starting a former yeah. insurance open, a course that he really, really likes. So I want Chris, I want your opinion first while we got about two minutes left. But Tiger's starting a new season and really starting for the first time in the last three to four years. Fully healthy. I mean, we're not going to be worrying about folks heckling him or people trying to do something to him. He's coming out there with a better mind than he had last year. He's fully healthy and ready to go. What do you expect from Tiger this season and also what's going to happen in this tournament? Well, I mean, I expect I expect a lot different out of Tiger, man. I mean, personally, that little stunt he pulled with, with uh, you know, when the thing went down and all that went on, you know, him hiding, you could see his wife, but you, you didn't see him nowhere. Personally, I ain't like that. I mean, I, to me, I think that teaches, you know, your his kids and other kids. It just, I think it sends the wrong message because it's like going in the hiding. I mean, you all got moments that are not particularly our best. You know, now if you're going to tuck your tail between your legs and go in the hiding, that's something different than standing up on your own two feet and ten toes like a man and take it licking and move on. You know what I mean? I mean, you ain't the first one to have his business out there in the street. You ain't going to be the last. People don't have a lot worse than what you had. But I, I think I think I think we're speaking from him this season. I mean, I, everybody starts out from ground zero. I mean, you, you you're basically not ranked number one anymore. You know what I mean? Right. But you're not that far from the top. So basically, I mean, really, if you come out there and basically kind of play your game, you know, it's good sound golf. 
eventually everybody is going to have that intimidation when they come across your path of, oh, okay, well, here goes Tiger. No telling what kind of day he going to have. You know, when he's, well, I better hurry up and do something before Sunday before he put this red shirt on because I know he's going to let me have it. Right. But I mean, do you expect him to come out, you know, I know he wants to win, and he didn't have not one win all season long last season. I expect him to come out strong with the win. I mean, he's going to be starting tomorrow with Rocco Mediate and also Anthony Kim, two good friends of his. Of course, remember what him and Rocco Mediate did in the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines. But, I mean, yeah, are you boy. expecting him to come out, you know, blazing with the win? You know, I would love to see him win know. the first I mean, one. really, I, I, I just hope he has a good placement. If he can basically remain in the top five, at least no less than top ten pretty much for the first five tournaments, I, I think he's going to have a good year and he'll pick it up and move on. But last year was just a lot for him to come back from. He still got to find his swing, right? I mean, you you play golf just like I do. You know what I mean? I mean, he basically lost his swing. You know, once he finds his swing, basically, then he can improve and shape his shot and do whatever he wants to do. But you know how that is, finding your swing, man. I mean, you know, it, it ain't going to take you one tournament or one round of golf to find your swing. True, true. Now, Royce, you know, one of his biggest issues, you know, other than the swing, last year was his putting. I mean, are you gonna? What do you expect to see from Tiger in his first tournament of the year? Two things I'm say about Tiger. I watch Animal Kingdom. I don't know too many animals that are chase a tiger. That's number one. Number two, he's still one of the best players in the world. And, and like I say, he, he was out of practice. He didn't get to practice. Uh, enough to go in the tournaments. I think this year with a lot of rest, a lot of practice, he'll be back. But uh, even on this worst day, he still beat a lot of guys. So, what, I'll tell you what, I, what he could I, do. He can go call, call Hank Haney and get him off of Rush Limbaugh and, yeah, <laughs> and come on here and get some wins. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, Tiger, and overall, I mean, Rick, I want you to jump in on this too. Overall, what do we expect from Tiger? It'll take a really a freak, golf freak, to do what Tiger's done for golf period. That's all I got to say yeah. about Tiger. It had to be really well, somebody great. Yeah, they ain't going to take that away done. from him, though, Russ. They ain't going to take that away from him. You know, they'll right. never take that away from him. He's still going to go down as one of the best golfers, if not the best golfer, eventually when he's through. I mean, he ain't got no senior tournaments, no nothing. No yeah. telling how he's going to be whooping everybody's behind later on. I mean, the, the, uh, you know, personally, you know, I, I like girls, man. You know, I ain't that type of dude. But, man, the dude is built like a machine, man. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, it ain't going to take him that much, really, to kind of wear everybody out because I'm pretty sure everybody belly going to be out in front of their toes, you know, when they get to the senior years. And Tiger will probably be in that same form. Yeah. And just uh, in, in real quick before we end the show, I know we ran a little bit long uh, tonight, but, Rick, I want you to jump in on this, too. In, in your expectations of Tiger and everyone's expectations, how many tournaments do you think he'll win this year and how many majors uh, do you think he'll win? I'll start with you, Rick. What do you think? Well, you know, honestly, I really can't, can't you know, speak on it all like that, you know, because I don't, I don't exactly know how many tournaments Tiger was, is going to even play in. You know, I don't follow it all like that, but I do try my best to follow Tiger, you know, and I expect Tiger to have a better year. That I can right. say. You know, I think right. Tiger has been, he has done his, his little time, you know, especially mentally with all the stuff that's been going on, you know, and Tiger's going to go out there. All he's got to do is go out there and win a few more uh, tournaments or a tournament or something, you know, and the right. biggest thing I've always thought with Tiger is that he had you know, he had the, the mind control over all those other golfers out there. They was more worried about Tiger than worried about what they needed to do. You know, and all Tiger got to do is go out there and gain that mind control on him again. It's over. Yeah, and he could do that to this weekend with a, a win at the gate, I think. I expect Tiger to win. I honestly expect him to win three tournaments and two majors uh, this year. I think that will be a good year for him coming back. I think he'll do even more. The year after that, uh, Chris, what are you expecting from him this year? Uh, I expect basically, like I said, I mean, at least top five places, no less. You know, I mean, I'd be happy with, you know, uh, I'd be happy with basically two of each. I mean, that would definitely be an improvement. You know, I mean, I, I personally, I, I think he's going to get more. I mean, eventually kind of as the season goes on, especially since he's got – a lot of the nonsense knocked out of the way. I think it'll be better. But I mean, per, I, as long as he can just kind of make make that effort in the 
make steps in the right direction this year, man, I mean, that's definitely improvement. I know how golf yeah. can be, how frustrating it can be. So just, you know, get back in the right direction. Don't go backwards. You know, hustle forward. Don't hustle backwards. Yeah. And then, Royce, what do you think? I mean, you think, you think there's any chance of him winning every major this year? Or how, what do you see him doing? Uh, wins? Yeah, there's not, definitely not a chance, man. That's Tiger. That's Tiger. He, he can definitely be done. If anybody can do it with, with, with uh, what, 14 clubs in their bag, who can do it? Well, I don't expect them to win all of them. They, some of these young guys are really good. But uh, I do expect them to win some. Like I said, he's still the number three ranked golfer in the world. I mean, golly, we're talking about over 100 and some guys. So that's really not bad. He's still at the top. I mean, it's over millions of guys. I mean, he's ranked number right. three over all of us that play right. golf. Right. So, so that's not too bad. No, not too bad at all. But how many majors do, 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 do y'all count? Yeah, we count. Uh. We rank. <laughs> we may be way down there, but we rank. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm yeah. ranked higher than somebody. I mean, what's your record, right? What's your record? I, I, I don't have, I don't have a record. Okay, but you know we'll get into that. Now, what's your show. ranking? What's your ranking? My ranking is in there. It's it's ranked. It's ranked. <laughs> it's ranked. It's ranked. I know I'm ranked higher than Chris and Roy, so I'm okay with that. Oh no. Okay. I know I'm ranked higher than Chris and Roy, so I just I'll just leave it with that. So if you guys want, we'll have a golf tournament this summer, no doubt. We'll prove all that to the world, to the to the crowd as well, too. I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I know we ran a little long tonight. We will see you guys on uh, tomorrow night and also on Friday. And don't forget about Saturday. It's going to be our Super Bowl guys show to welcome everyone to Dallas. Stay tuned with us at rfsportsradio.com or go to twitter.com slash rfsportsradio and follow us there. We'll talk to you guys next week. And until then... Make sure you keep in contact with us and go to DallasMassBlog.com or RangersFanBlog.com. See you all tomorrow. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.